Food is about people and places and moments in time. This is a Chef Demoni Snapshot with your host, Graham McLennan. Hello, happy Friday, and welcome back to Chef Demoni. And if you're here for the first time, welcome. Chef Demoni is my podcast about food, where my guests tend to be chefs and food-loving lawyers. And today, something really special. Today, we are on the lawyer side of the equation, but things are a little bit different on this episode because while I will be introducing you to a food-loving lawyer, I will also be introducing you to the host of a wonderful new podcast about my favorite city to visit, Las Vegas, Nevada. And this host and this lawyer are the same person. My guest today is David Figler, host of CityCast Las Vegas. And what we're going to do in today's snapshot of that wonderful town is first share a quick chat that I had with David, and then I'm going to let David and the CityCast team take it from there. In fact, I'm going to be sharing a recent full episode of their show with you today. And this episode is a great one. You're going to hear about a specific historic neighborhood in Las Vegas. You'll hear about a recent contest in that neighborhood. And you will hear from the winners of that contest who are going to be opening what sounds like an amazing diner. I can't wait to experience this restaurant when it opens. First, though, let's go to my chat with the host of CityCast Las Vegas, David Figler. David, I have recently discovered uh, CityCast Las Vegas. I am loving listening to your episodes. It's so great that you're here this morning joining me on Chef Demoni. My listeners don't need to hear it from me. They can hear it from you. Please tell us what is CityCast Las Vegas all about? Well, I'm interested in CityCast Las Vegas too. It's brand new. <laughs> and it is a Las Vegas oriented podcast about all things Las Vegas. We talk about uh, everything from affordable housing for people to desert habitats for tortoises and all points in between. So we really are are trying to tap into, I, I was raised here, I painfully say I was, I was not born and raised here, but I was provably conceived and raised in Las Vegas and <laughs> been here uh, since I was three years old. So uh, I love this city, and and they've assembled a team here of Las Vegas lovers and residents, and we all have our own unique pathways and stories through Las Vegas, and they interweave to come up with some amazing pitches. Uh, we're expanding our team. That's coming up really soon, so that's going to be exciting uh, with another Las Vegas resident, and we just talk Vegas. We, we have people from the community on. Uh, we are very, very mindful that there's not just one part of Las Vegas, that Las Vegas, I like to say, is the melting pot of the melting pot of the United States. And within that melting pot, there's lots of interesting pockets of fondue and fundue. Uh, so, you know, we, we not to be too cheesy. Wait, I did it. Oh, um, wait. Yeah, wow. no, I, I yeah, can't boom. help myself. It's the old man in me. But, you know, legitimately, we just want to bring something every day for uh, the community to kind of bite into just to keep the food theme going and uh, enjoy. And and so, you know, we, we've been up since the end of March. We've got about 19, 20 episodes that people can find on all the platforms. Uh, and we're really excited about where the adventure is going to go. So that's uh, CityCast Las Vegas in a nutshell. Can you comment just uh, uh, just very briefly on, you, you talked about all of the areas or, or many of the areas of Las Vegas. And as somebody who experiences Las Vegas as a tourist, I find that really important because when I was first coming, it was all about the Strip, 
Then I discovered downtown, and now I know those two areas really pretty well. But there's a there's a wealth of other neighborhoods in Las Vegas, right? And stories oh, and people in the community that's just waiting to be covered, to, yeah, to be I mean, discovered. Yeah, for sure. Las Vegas, it, I mean, it's a relatively new city in the in the scheme of big metropolitan areas that have emerged in the United States. I mean, we really only come into our own in the 1940s uh, for a city that's, you know, well over 2 million people now. And so that that makes it kind of unique. And so the, the growth did happen rather exponentially. I mean, it was doubling in population every 10 years. When, when I was a kid, obviously a much smaller place, but there still was this diversity of neighborhoods. So I have almost always lived in the city center, uh, in the core, in the downtown area. That's where I was raised. My dad was a casino worker. He used to walk to work. And some of the elementary schools and, and middle schools that I went to are still in the neighborhood that I live right now. Um, but yeah, there's a lot more. There's historic areas uh, for us. There's the north side. There's North Las Vegas, which is his own municipality. There's Henderson, which is another municipality to the south. Then there's Summerlin, which is a master plan community. There's the east side of Las Vegas, which is traditionally a Hispanic area with lots of those type of foods, lots of foods that are for those different cultures that are in the east side. There's the Spring Mountain exit area, which is euphemistically yes. called the Chinatown. Sonia there's a lot of different. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and Sonia Sonia knows it very well because she just produced an award winning podcast on on that area. So you know, there's all these different areas, and then there's lots of immigrant populations. Uh, that come to Las Vegas for all the various reasons. And they tend to have pockets of area where they build up their community. And so you get a lot of culture and restaurants that are unique to, you know, everything from the Dominican areas and Ethiopian areas and things of that nature. So, you know, if, if you're adventurous in Las Vegas and you're willing to explore, uh, you could find some really amazing ethnic restaurants in different parts of town. Now, the, the distinction is that there's not really like there's not a Greek part of town, but there are some amazing Greek restaurants from some Greek expats who live in Las Vegas. And, you know, you could say that with kind of all the cultures. So that's kind of the mishmash of, of Las Vegas. And because of somewhat sporadic development, nothing really happened after the big, big boom that was thoughtful or mindful about any particular, you know, group or area. But, you know, the the challenges that would affect any area with regard to income disparity and stuff like that, that shows itself, but also gives a lot of opportunity for interesting parts of our community interacting with each other. If that makes sense. Absolutely. That seemed a little word salad. It does. But, it yeah. absolutely does. But that is kind of our city. Our city is the word salad of that cities. Is the, it, it is. And, I, it, and it's one of the reasons that I love returning to town is that there's always something new to explore. There's the things I know and love and always something new. So, David, now that you have given us that broad description of the mishmash that is Las Vegas and all of the wonderful opportunities that are there, all of the wonderful food that is there, I'm going to ask you the really difficult question, which is, what is one thing? What is one thing that you love about Las Vegas? Oh, I, I, I cannot answer the question. I think <laughs> if I, if I was forced to, if, if the, if just to, you know, mix up our, our metaphors between food and law, which I know is your specialty, if the court which was compelling would, absolutely. me. Absolutely. To answer the question, yes. uh, if if the judge just started banging the gavel and said, what is your favorite part of Las Vegas? I'm going to give you a twisted answer. My favorite part of Las Vegas 
uh, is the joy <laughs> You're I risk, take. risking contempt here. That, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, the joy I take in criticizing a bold move. it. Yeah, all right. It's the joy I take in criticizing it. I love that more than anything else because there's, there's, you know, I can do it from such a place of love because I do love such a broad swath of Las Vegasness. You know, having been raised here, having seen the good and the bad in sometimes equal, sometimes disproportionate doses affecting people in both good and bad ways. I feel uniquely positioned to be able to criticize it from that place of love. So knowing that when I am suggesting that we should be more thoughtful with our development, that we should be more inclusive in certain areas, that we should engage maybe not even in reform, but in reimagining certain things that have become the status quo in Las Vegas, I can assuredly tell anyone that it is from a deep, deep place of love of this unique spot, this place uh, filled with dreamers and schemers and convenience beyond belief and ridiculousness. Uh, I mean, in many ways, we're a replicant city. In many ways, (laughs) we're a unique city. But yeah, I mean, here's the thing. No one comes to Las Vegas with an idea or a project and faces the audacity of someone from here saying, that's too stupid, or that'll never work, (laughs) or that's just crazy because it's all welcome here. I mean, we are we are a blank canvas in a lot of ways, despite the fact that we are entrenched in some very peculiar status quo. So that's what I love about Las Vegas, man. Well, is that I fair? I mean, to you know, discovering that is, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely fair. You know, changes, you can, you can no longer say the buffets. That's the, that was my old easy answer. Right. But those, those seem to be dwindling. Yeah. I'm a no, I absolutely love your much more detailed. Yeah. When I come up, I'm a skinny guy. Yeah. <laughs> they look at me and they're like, we're going to make some money off of this dude. Yeah. Oh, love it. Yeah. No, I think that covers it very well. I can't wait to discover more of Las Vegas, both live and in person when I visit again and through your podcast, CityCast Las Vegas. So, David, thanks for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. And Graham, next time you're here, we're going to grab some uh, sneaky food in in an unknown location. David, that sounds fantastic. What a pleasure to meet another food-loving and Vegas-loving lawyer. All right, as promised, we are moving right into a full episode of CityCast Las Vegas. This was released earlier this week. I'm going to let CityCast take it from here and close out the show. Thank you, as always, for joining me. See you soon on the next episode of Cheftimony. And here we go. This is CityCast Las Vegas. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, producer Layla and I talk about the Huntridge neighborhood in downtown Las Vegas, why it's historic, its current status, and then its future through the lens of a new diner that's coming to the area from some locals who are also talking with us after winning a big money contest that put them there. It's Tuesday, May 24, 2022. I'm David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Hello, David. How are you this morning? Good morning from downtown Las Vegas, where I live, work, and play, which is why I think we're going to have a conversation we're about to have. Yes, beautiful. Thank you for letting me co-op the host chair today for a little bit. No one wears it better. 
than you. Thank you. Not Thank me. you. So last Thursday, I attended the announcement for the Great Las Vegas Coffee Shop Giveaway. And this was a competition we had both been following a little bit. Um, we knew that Dapper Companies is giving the winner a fully ready-to-go space at Hundred Shopping Center. And it was touted that it's like worth a million dollars or close to a million dollars. Yeah, wow. yeah, it is a lot. They're getting new signs, fully stocked, ready-to-go restaurant, which is like a huge, huge award. And Hundred, the shopping center, is... Something that I've seen growing up, passing, going to UNLV almost every day. But I have to admit, I don't really know like what makes the whole area a historic neighborhood. So, David, can you tell us why Huntridge is a historic neighborhood? Okay, so the burning question. Why should anyone care about the Huntridge neighborhood? And why has Huntridge become part of a conversation mm -hmm. for decades now when we talk about the revitalization of either downtown Las Vegas or even Las Vegas in general, right? Mm -hmm. So it is, yeah, it's considered a historic district um, because it is home to a lot of firsts in the Valley. For its first couple of, of uh, decades, most of the growth of Las Vegas was very organic and natural around that townsite area, which a lot of people know as Fremont Street and Main Street, somewhere around there. And it started kind of growing out from there. Mm -hmm. The the Huntridge neighborhood that was just basically desert land that was owned by a, a wealthy business person. And when he died in 1931, which was the same time that the Wide Open Gambling Act kind of transformed Las Vegas forever, uh, his widow sold off the the property that they had, and Huntridge became the first tract homes in Las Vegas. Okay, so we're talking okay. uh, World War II, early 1940s is when those houses started getting developed, and they were very kind of smaller houses. A lot of people who were uh, coming to Las Vegas at that time for the war effort, uh, the precursor to Nellis Air Force Base started uh, coming up, and the dam uh, was finishing up. And so a lot of people had been relocating to Las Vegas. And, and so the Huntridge was one of those first neighborhoods. In fact, uh, in a lot of circles, it was considered to be the first suburb of Las Vegas because mm. it was way out in the middle of the desert. Uh, That's so funny because now we kind of consider it with downtown. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Maryland and Charleston area, right? So uh, around that same time in the 40s, there was a big movie palace that got uh, built, which is the Hundreds Theater. Uh, it was the home to a lot of premieres and fancy people coming into town to, you know, do red carpets and all the kind of things that uh, a big city uh, would love to have. And we did in, in the Huntridge. It was also... Uh, Early on, at least in theory, it was integrated, uh, which was something very unusual for Las Vegas. And while maybe not as much in practice, uh, certainly in in concept, uh, it was a statement for kind of moving forward in Las Vegas in a time when that that certainly wasn't a major part of the conversation. So why did the theater, which was a huge landmark in the neighborhood, in the city, rather, why did the theater close in the first place? So, you know, the Huntridge has been closed now for 18 years. It closed yeah. on uh, July 31st, 2004. There was a uh, really 
bad cave-in of its roof that happened on the night of a show, but before the show was uh, scheduled to happen, thank goodness, because that place Oof. held about 800 people, and I think it was a sold-out show. So, yeah, the, the Huntridge is an interesting area. A lot of stuff has come and gone and come and gone and come and gone, mm-hmm. but that building does remain sort of iconic as a remembrance, at least, of a lot of people's good times going all the way back to when Las Vegas really first started to grow. And so my next question is about what's across the street, the shopping center. Uh, I know that has some businesses that are open right now. So what does the shopping center look like? Yeah, so it, it is like a lot of strip malls in Las Vegas. Again, ebbs and flows, ups and downs, good times and bad. I, I think the anchor business, at least to a lot of the hearts of uh, old crusty guys like me is the Huntridge Tavern uh, that's been there for at least half a century. Uh, It is as grimy, a beautiful bar as you would ever want. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when Jay Dapper came in and his, you know, he's a developer here in Las Vegas who is in a lot of different neighborhoods, but has a particular affinity, it seems, for the downtown areas, especially the Huntridge area. Uh, when he took over the shopping center, they kind of redid some of the signage, gussied it up a bit. There's a gas station in there uh, that he kind of redid and made very mid-mod. And then they added a couple of restaurants, the always accessible Roberto's Taco Shop uh, and Vegas favorite uh, sandwich shop Capriati's. And so so there's a couple of things in there. So, I mean, it's got some good bones. It's, it's an old shopping center. It's got tons of parking. It's got some really cute signage. Uh, and there's definitely a newer energy that uh, the Dapper Company has, has injected into that little corner on Maryland and Charleston. Nice. And I'm really excited to see what they do with that shopping center and the theater, which they also bought recently to renovate. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a complicated history there, too, because the the people who had owned it, there were some covenants on it, meaning there were some restrictions because it was historic. Uh, mm. It is on the National Historic Register, uh, the Huntridge, and we don't have a lot of buildings like that in Las Vegas. But the prior owners were having a real struggle trying to figure out what to do with it. Now Dapper has his shot at it. And, you know, the neighborhood has seen some renderings. And I will say this about the Dapper company. A lot of developers uh, don't take the time to uh, reach out to neighborhoods or try to consult with people who are mm-hmm. going to be most impacted. I think Dapper has a, a good attitude towards that and, and certainly nice. is working in a ways that the the neighbors do appreciate versus maybe some other developers who just kind of come in and buy parcels and do what they want. That leads me into my next question because Huntridge is a pretty diverse neighborhood. And so, of course, with Dapper coming in and redeveloping the area, that will be significant for many reasons, um, including bringing attention to businesses. I know the barbershop, which will be right next door to the new diner, that will um, hopefully get some new business. But how do you see this affecting the affordability of the neighborhood? Yeah, that's a great question, Layla. You know, we've been trying to rack our heads uh, around the affordability of the neighborhood for a long time. You know, we have mostly single family residences here. It is a diverse neighborhood, at least it 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 has had that character for many years. Uh, we were fairly immune from some of the crazy skyrocketing that happened before the last recession. And so we weren't really as impacted as some parts of the valley. Uh, mm-hmm. But the current crazy price rising in the in the valley, we we didn't skip this one. I mean, prices are are going out of control in this neighborhood. 
probably has a little bit to do with a lot of things. Uh, the, the nearby arts district kind of coming up and mm-hmm. uh, being a draw and sadly displacing a lot of people yeah. uh, has has had an impact here. I, I can't say one way or the other whether the dapper stuff does, but it, it certainly is part of the conversation. Do you see um, yet or maybe in the future what happened downtown, like people getting pushed out of the Huntridge? Do you see that happening in the future? I hope not. I know there's a lot of renters and there there are some challenges now. And especially as, like I said, this new development's coming in, it could be great. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know the specific plans. I know that we did get a, a chance to sample uh, the winner, Winnie and Ethel, uh, when we were as a team for CityCast Las Vegas, uh, had a little uh, joint meeting over at the Vegas Test Kitchen. And that was fantastic, right? And so now having something like that in the neighborhood for for everybody, I mean, I'm hoping they're going to have good price points. I'm hoping that it's going to mm-hmm. be the neighborhood gathering spot where people get to meet their neighbors, talk to their neighbors, interact with their neighbors. I would love those neighbors to have different backgrounds and different stories. And, and so I you know, we could all grow as a community. Uh, I think it has nothing but a positive impact to to have that kind of thoughtful development. And what a great idea to have a contest uh, mm-hmm. to make people strive. And I think that part of Dapper's uh, decision making, and I don't want to put words in his mouth was, you know, people who are going to fit into the community. In other words, you know, be cognizant of the needs of, of all the community and do a good job to maintain that. Amazing. Yes, we are very excited to talk to Mallory and Chef Aaron of Winnie and Ethel's. David, I will throw that conversation to you. All right. We are talking with Mallory Gott and Chef Aaron Lee from Winnie and Ethel's. It's a new concept that just won the big downtown diner competition sponsored by Jay Dapper. And they're going to be moving soon, not soon enough from my opinion, but soon into the Hunter Shopping Center. Uh, Mallory and Chef Aaron, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're very excited to be here and to uh, tell everyone what um, we're trying to bring to Las Vegas. Thanks for having us. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, really excited about this. You know, it was just announced last week. So it's an exciting new thing. And and I'm sure you've got a lot of uh, work and trepidation ahead. Chef Aaron, you were at and are at Esther's Kitchen in the Arts District. And Mallory, you're an experiential designer. Yes. Experiential designer? Experiential is that, am I saying that right? Design. Yes, that's exactly right. So yeah, if you'd like to, you can refer to me as experiential designer Mal, because I feel like Aaron gets all the chef credit. It's one of my favorite things that chefs get referred to as chef, like, hey, chef. So and so I kind of wish we could be like, hey, teacher, whoever, hey, police officer Joe. Like, I think that's one of the greatest things. I love it. I love it. Works for me. I mean, you, you know, you call me lawyer David. That's what I'm all saying. the time. Like, I like lawyer that. David, what's going on hey, with you today? I think it's one of the best things about the culinary industry. It's fantastic. Of course, I would protest. It's like don't don't call me lawyer David. Define me by the things that I love and not the things that I do. But uh, but speaking of things that you both love and do, probably uh, I think we come to the concept of Winnie and Ethel's downtown diner. Yeah. So tell me how you came together to form that and what your concept is. 
Well, as far as how we came together to form it, um, we actually are not just business partners. We are engaged. uh, So we are also life partners. Um, So I actually met Aaron because I was and still am a patron at Esther's Kitchen. That's how we met. Probably about six months into our dating adventure, um, we started talking about, should we open a restaurant or something together? Should we open? So like, how would we do it? Do we want to do it? Um, and that was October of 2021. And then in December of 2021, we saw the announcement and I sent it to Aaron and, uh, and we had been talking about doing exactly what was in that, um, description of the contest, you know, and it made a whole lot of sense. Um, and from there, what had already been referred to under a different working name for about two months evolved into what ultimately became the proposal that we submitted to the competition um, for Winnie and Ethel's Downtown Diner. So, But I also think I need to ask, where did Winnie and Ethel's come from? Where's that name from? So the name comes from uh, both of our grandmothers. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so my grandmother is uh, Winnie, Winnie Benko. Mm-hmm. And mine is great my great grandmother is, uh, was Ethel McAllister. So we looked at it and thought, you know, given that the concept was a 1940s era diner, vintage Americana, um, we wanted to be really, really true to the period where the neighborhood, the Hunt Ridge neighborhood and the theater first came on the scene in, in Las Vegas, which was in the early to mid 1940s. And then beyond that, when we started thinking about what Aaron's doing with the food and that we wanted to feel like you know, warm and loving and like you would get hopefully in your grandmother's kitchen. And then then the very last piece, which I think put the, like the rubber stamp of approval on it was that the acronym from Winnie and Ethel's is we, and, you know, thinking about our community and what we love about where we live. Um, And we do live in the Hunt Ridge neighborhood. It just really was like the the last little cherry on top. And I love that. I mean, most of us had benevolent grandmothers. I mean, some didn't, but it sounds like they're, they're going to be honored well. So tell me about uh, the concept and, and let's get into the food too. So, I mean, is this more of a coffee shop vibe? Will people be able to work from there? Is well, this- I think it is, uh, just in the category of diner. Like we really want to live up to just being a diner and just having really good comfort food that everyone loves and just makes you feel good. And just almost like some meals that you you've gotten from your family growing up. And I think from the food side of things, for sure, Aaron is taken food and just made really simple classic food, but that really blows your hair back that you're like, whoa, this is like, this is really, really good and very different than what I would have imagined when I think of chocolate pudding. You know, it's not a snack pack. Like it's not, not there's anything wrong with that, but it's not that. It's definitely a really, really simple classic, but elevated version of good home comfort food. Um, and as far as people being able to sit there and enjoy it, whether they work or not is certainly up to them. But We are hopeful that it's somewhere that people want to come. They want to sit down. They want to feel like they know a core group of people. Um, You know, we are intentionally going to step this out, but our hope is that it eventually is open 24 hours. And so it's somewhere people go that is really good food in a really good environment that's comfortable and nice without being pretentious. um, And that it adds that that experience to the downtown community. And, and you know, it'll, it may take us some time to get there, but that's the goal. So why this competition, you know, uh, as opposed to just sort of doing it independently, it sounded like you were having some good conversations and the, the competition might have hijacked it or, you know, did this seem to be the right way to go? Well, I think the, um, 
I think doing the competition obviously sped a lot of things up for us. Um, it just seemed like it just seemed like a good idea at the time. And it still does because we I mean, we yeah, won. I mean, so. <laughs> that's what I mean. I'm not yeah. it's not. It still does. It still does. <laughs> In hindsight, good move. Good move. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say to add to, to what Aaron said, the other piece that's like cannot be overstated is that when we read it, what they talked about what and what we put forth was what we had already been discussing conceptually. I mean, Aaron and I had been talking about something that was classic American vintage before we ever saw the competition. So it ended up working out just, I think, beautifully for us and hopefully also for, for the sponsors and for dapper companies in the community. So what do you, what's your take on, on some of the, the other businesses that are around there and how this diner concept is going to fit in? Well, I would say, so from a 30,000 foot view, I think what, where our concept fits in, hopefully is that that shopping center and then eventually the restoration and rejuvenation of the adjacent Hunt Ridge Theater from where we're standing is all it's all moving in a direction that allows the neighborhood to continue to grow and flourish. We, well, I can speak for myself. I won't speak for Aaron. I'm a firm believer in, in trying to recognize and celebrate the richest historical parts of any place that I I'm able to contribute to. I mean, in this case, it's, you know, the Hunt Ridge Shopping Center and then across the street, the Hunt Ridge Theater. And so I think being able to offer something that is period accurate to the extent that we're able to do it, um, that is, you know, we're a good neighbor to the, the other tenants in that space, but also to our community that we're able to be involved with the community around us. Those are all things that I think are really beneficial and I believe we bring in our additive to in terms of how we're going to contribute. Also, I think just like all the all the different businesses in that area kind of have that old style aesthetics, which will fit into pretty well. Like the garrison is it has like the older mm-hmm. style um, barber shop, and you know, even even like the Roberto's has. They it's it's weird cool. saying about Roberto's, but they even have like, you know, like the old signage and stuff around there, that whole area. So I think it's going to be really cool for the community just to go to that part of the that part of town and just feel that, you know, older. It's got a, it's got a Vegas vibe. I was going to say it's got to shine without completely transforming it to something unrecognizable. You know, it's gotten kind of a polish up and uh, and a, a reinvigoration and hopefully in a way that people feel like is not a complete departure from what they would have seen there however long ago. So you, you talked a little bit about the design and what you're hoping to accomplish. And I know it's early and menus are subject to change for a business that won't be up and operational probably until I'm guessing just by the nature of what I've been seeing through the contest, probably 2023. Does that sound right? Yeah, we we don't. I was uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier. So optimistically, it would be late 22, but realistically, it's probably early 23, just depending on how permitting and some other things progress as part of the the entire uh, build out process. Got it. And so you did mention the meatloaf, Mm -hmm. understanding again that things are subject to change. Aaron, what do you think the stars of the menu are going to be? I know we had a couple of tasters over at Vegas Test Kitchen, but what do you think the stars of your future menu at Winnie and Ethel's is going to be? Um, it's hard to say right now. I think the meatloaf kind of, I mean, I heard a lot of people say they really liked it. So I think that might be a star. You know, we have the pudding too. I think the pudding is kind of simple, but it's just made really well. And Malted pancakes. Malted pancakes. We use a little malt powder and it almost gives it a 
that malted flavor that's really delicious. So obviously, um, the menu itself, I want to keep it interesting because, you know, if you, even if you have a favorite restaurant, like eventually you're going to eat the whole, you're going to eat the whole menu eventually. So, you know, it's good to switch things out. And I, I mean, time will tell, it's hard to say right now, but I think once, once we, uh, we actually open, we'll actually see what our staples are and then see, uh, you know, what, what can change throughout the year and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Now you're also entering into what is right now. And I think to everyone's appreciation, a very financially and ethnically diverse neighborhood. Are you planning on making sure that you're serving all the folks? In other words, you know, we want to follow up on your commitment to the community, but that has to be a challenge too, because it really is unlike a lot of places in Las Vegas, a real mix of, you know, working class folks and uh, white collar workers and people from different cultural backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do you plan on trying to bridge all that? What we've talked about is making sure we focus on what Aaron is really, you know, interested in doing that old classic American diner food, but doing it in such a way that it's not unreachable for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not here to we're not here to put a fifty dollar gold leaf ice cream sundae on the menu. Um, I mean, maybe we'll do that at one point if we have a fifty year anniversary and I'm you know eight hundred years old and we're like we did it right. Like then we can. That's a different. That's a horse of a different color. But you know, we like we each have talked about in our own experiences. For me, I grew up, um, both my parents were a teacher and public school administrator. That community would go into the diner and have food, you know, or it would be like, and they would be right next to the lawyers in our community and they would be right next to, you know, whomever. And, and we had a couple of places like that where I lived, where it was, it didn't matter what your background was. You wanted that food experience and it was accessible to you. And I, I, you know, I think that's, that is one of the ways that we present as an opportunity for the community to stay as diverse as it is, but to decide, hey, maybe I want to have this experience with this type of food. The other thing which we've already started doing, and it was important to us from the jump, I won't go into too much detail here because I think it's also important not to make this a PR type of a thing, but is we have engaged with public serving groups in the community and in particular in, this, in the school system um, where we live. We started doing that, you know, as basically that was like one of our earliest calls after we found out we were a finalist um, and we continue to engage with them as recently as this morning, you know, and so like being able to go back and do things like that. And I'm sure there will be more opportunities as hopefully the business grows and becomes more well known in our community. So being available to connect and interact and um, be part of the community in that way is something we started with a commitment to and we continue to be committed to. And, and the intention is that that will carry forward as well. Oh, amazing. And I'm sure making both your grandmas really proud of you. So thank you both so much for coming on CCAST Las Vegas, Mal and Aaron. We wish you nothing but success with this project as a neighbor and uh, as a patron. I really do look forward to, to seeing what y'all come up with and hopefully sooner than later but we'll be keeping our eye on it and reporting on your progress as we can. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Thursday morning with more news from around the city. See you, neighbors. 
All right, I see you, Mal and Aaron. Okay, there you are. And today, and today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're talking about the Huntridge neighborhood. In-